golf and let me tell you why. Happy 2023 and welcome back to another episode of the Why You Suck at Golf podcast. We are starting the year off strong with one of my favorite people and best friends, Quentin Hill. Quentin Hill is 22 years old and he is the owner of Iliad Golf as well as a few other businesses. We are talking all things entrepreneurship, how he got involved, why he got involved, his life as a collegiate golfer, and what college looked like for him. And yeah, it's going to be a great episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Why You Suck at Golf, Quentin. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's dive back. Um, We met in high school back in Dana Point, California. And I want to say we were what, like 15, 16, right? Is that when we got to California? Yeah, uh, right, right when I turned 15. Yeah, so we were both playing on the golf team. That's how we met. And we've stayed really good friends ever since. But let's dive into what high school golf looked like for you. Um, yeah, I, I would say it was a mix of uh, being an entrepreneur as well as wanting to play college golf. Uh, so that was when I first started my business and customizing clubs for uh, teammates on the team as they continued to outgrow their clubs and wanted stuff that was best fit for them. And so I really enjoyed doing that. But my my main focus at the time was uh, being a collegiate golfer and trying to give myself the uh, best shot possible to play at the next level. So where did the desire to become an entrepreneur stem from at that young of an age? Yeah, good question. I, I applied to work at a local golf shop and uh, they wanted me to train for six weeks for free. <laughs> and as you know, with trying to compete with golf as well as school, I, I didn't have a whole lot of time over the breaks and six weeks felt like a lot of time. And so I started on my own, essentially purchasing golf clubs out of the corners of people's garages for pennies on the dollar, revamping them and making them, you know, essentially perfect for another customer who at the time was teammates to start. And that was that was really the drive just to you know, bring affordable clubs to people who who needed them and wanted them to play their best golf. Yeah. So when did you take that hobby? And I assume it started as a hobby to see if you can make some extra money and then transformed into, okay, sales are picking up. What's next? Um, when did you transition to online sales? Right. So so initially it started with with just teammates my freshman year of high school at 15 and then my sophomore year, it grew to people around the area. Um, and as we scaled, I saw that there was bigger opportunity and, and that it was a scalable business. And halfway through my sophomore year of high school, I started selling online through our website directly, as well as through other third parties. And that's really where um, I saw growth and you know started to pay attention to margins and made it more of a, as you said, a passion project or a hobby into a, a real business. Yeah, so... Let's fast forward. You graduated high school. You attended SDSU and played on their golf team. For those who don't understand collegiate athletics, can you explain a day-to-day life um, as a college golfer? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that standard Monday through Friday looked very similar each day. Um, we would start out with a workout at 6 a.m., finish at 7, uh, quickly grab uh, grab breakfast and possibly an ice bath, depending on how tough it was, and get to class by eight. And then we would have our classes from eight until noon, grab lunch, get to the course between 1245 and one o'clock, and then warm up for you know between 30 minutes and an hour and then tee off, depending on uh, what time you're off that day. And then you would essentially go out and compete against your teammates for that next 
four or five hours for spots. Uh, there was, you know, I want to say 13 or 14 guys on the team playing for five spots. So it's very competitive. And then, you know, get back, eat lunch with those same guys that you just, or I'm sorry, eat dinner with those guys that you just uh, competed against and then, you know, get, get homework done and try and get to bed at a reasonable time as you know, you're probably up at five 30 the next day for workouts. So pretty time intensive. Yeah. And for those who also don't know, SDSU is one of the better golf schools in the country for division one men's golf. And at the same time, you're trying to have this business unfold. And what challenges did you face um, as you got deeper into your collegiate years? I would say that the, uh, <laughs> you know, I, for me personally, the, the major turning point was I was putting so much time into, into golf over my first three and a half years at SDSU. And as I worked really hard on the business and any time I had and worked really hard on golf essentially every day you know golf it doesn't always correlate as i'm sure many of you listening know <laughs> with how much you practice and how well you play and so you know i was i was all over the place personally i last year i i guess a good example would be i had the low round of the team with eight under 64 and i had the high round on the team with i think 14 over 86 and so it's <laughs> you know it's easy to uh you know to get high with the high or low with the lows but um, the major challenge for me was just, you know, figuring out when to make the transition into full-time business and taking that, you know, kind of leap away from athletics. Um, but I would say that while I was on the team, for sure, the largest, uh, barrier was just, you know, how to allot time and really time blocking to try and be efficient with, you know, the hours that you do, you do have awake each day. Yeah. And especially on your type of team where you have so many guys competing for a limited number of spots and maybe things aren't falling the way you want them to. It's and this business side of you is starting to take off. And it's almost like, how do I not put more energy into something that's working for me at the moment? Not to say you are a bad player, but I did the same thing. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like my senior year at one point, it was costing me money to play college golf tournaments. Like to take four or five days off and, you know, go wherever to work and us seeing the sun for the first time that season was that tournament, knowing we're not going to win. I was like, this is really not worth my time right now. I love golf, but this business side of me is flourishing and I have to tend to that. Absolutely. And it is interesting to think back as well, you know, now with NIL being so relevant, you know, name, image, likeness, it's uh it's a very different landscape that, you know, now essentially you could potentially monetize yourself as a golfer. But for us prior to really this year or over the last 18 months, there wasn't really an opportunity in college to to make money. It was either business or golf. Right. And now you can actually turn your golf into a business, which I do think is is great that, you know, the NCAA has made that made that lump or that uh, that jump. And I don't know, I think it'll benefit a lot of people over the coming years for sure. Yeah, NIL was rough timing for me. I mean, yeah, I, I think you absolutely. remember how I decided to report myself on a project that I thought I was doing for journalism reasons, and I got really nervous about it, and uh, I was re regretful still about that. Absolutely. <laughs> NCAA, absolutely. if you're listening, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's um, great. So as you approached, I believe, your junior and senior year, this idea of Iliac golf kind of came more prevalent. I know you had knew about the business. You met the owner of the business um, and had some involvement in it with different, different small things. But when did you want to take it over or see that you could take it over? 
Right. So as as my first business, Convenient Clubs, continued to grow, um, I, I met the CEO of Iliac Golf at the time. Um, I, I can't use names for just contractual reasons, but I met him on a driving range um, and loved his outfit, had no idea who he was, and just introduced myself and told him that I loved what he was wearing and, you know, where'd he get that, essentially, and told me that he was the CEO of the company and handed me a business card. And long, long story short, we end up and every time that he would have new apparel releases or head covers, uh, I would model for him in exchange for a free product. And I did this throughout throughout high school and as well as college. Um, and then as college started, uh, I co-founded my second business called Hidden Gem Sportswear, where we sell essentially take extra inventory from companies struggling with inventory holding costs or port delays from China. And as, as that began to grow, as well as the uh, convenient clubs, um, it, it became apparent to me that the CEO of Iliac was looking to sell the company or sell off the assets of the company. And at the end of last year, we really started to talk a lot more business at photo shoots than, uh, than just about the apparel itself. And you know that was the time, I guess now, uh, 13 or 14 months ago where I made the formal offer to to purchase the business from him. Yeah, I think it's crazy too. And I feel like it both happened so fast for both of us where it was like one second we were like, oh, like 20 bucks on food is so much. And then it's like, okay, now we're looking at buying a business. And that was <laughs> essentially months later. Um, and I feel like everything happened so fast in the best way possible. Um, Explain what Iliad Golf specializes in and is now trying to make a name for themselves in the industry with. Absolutely. So, so Iliac was founded in 2005 by the previous owner, uh, really with, with one value, and that was to make the absolute best product possible, regardless of cost. And he was able to do this because he was successful with the previous business and he took that money and was really like, you know what, I'm going to, my new passion is golf and I'm going to make the best thing for golfers. And so with that in mind, he traveled to Italy as well as other countries around the world and started sourcing the best fabrics and leathers and linings that he could find and took that back to his Carlsbad garage at the time and started putting these pieces together and making really limited runs at premium price points. And, you know, while our model has changed quite a bit and we you know, recently uh, purchased our own factory where we'll have operations in-house, um, that has really stayed the core values of the business over the last 17 years. And the way that the company really got on the map, especially between 2005 and 2012, was so many tour players at the time weren't under contract with these big companies. And... Uh, the previous owner would go out of his way to make them these special pieces with their their names on it, their college, if they didn't go to college, their home country. And, you know, by uh, by 2021, uh, when we you know, were looking to purchase the business, it uh, they had serviced 78 PGA Tour players over the last 17 years. And there's huge brand equity value in that. And I think it just goes to show how great the product is that these guys on tour are willing to turn down bigger names to put one of our items in their bag. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And the stuff I've held it, I've seen it. It's awesome firsthand, and it seems to always be continually improving with new adjustments and faster times and made-to-order things. It's pretty remarkable. Um, my next question was, what age did you buy the business? Twenty-one. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was. I just turned twenty-one. I believe three months prior, and we bought it uh, December of of twenty-one. So at that time, you were a junior, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. So as you approached your senior year, what conversations did you have with your coach at SDSU regarding, you know, this work-school balance? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, so I was very, very fortunate with my head coach and as well as my assistant coach. They were both very involved in who they are and what they stand for and they they really wanted me to do what I was passionate about, and you know, they knew I was putting the time in on the course, but they also knew about the kind of the business side. And I I told him for the first three years that I was going to put in my full effort and you know every hour that they allotted throughout the day to college golf, whether that was workouts or in the classroom or on the course. And then when the opportunity came to purchase Iliac as my I guess third business at the time. It, it became apparent that I wouldn't be able to balance um, those three businesses and, you know, perform well for, for investors in Iliac, as well as myself, as well as customers, and give them my, my fullest effort on the course. And so I told him that I'd like to step away from the team in January of 22. Uh, so I believe that's uh, 12 months ago now, exactly. Um, and, and that was when the deal had gone through with Iliac to, and we were starting operations essentially as a new company. And so uh, that was kind of the progression was from balance and then being very understanding to, you know, me kind of having to be honest and transparent with them that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do everything, but that I really appreciate them, appreciated them and the opportunity that they had, uh, they'd given me. Yeah. I mean, so that's the exact same timeline as me. Um, I did yes, the same thing yes. in January. And it's nice having that understanding coach. And it's also a tough conversation because in my situation, the team needed me for sure. And I was team captain at the time. And I told my coach, I'm like, I'm going to still go to workouts. I'm going to still go to practices. I'm like, but I just cannot afford and or really have the desire to go play in the middle of Connecticut for three days in degree weather. Well, I could be. Absolutely. And, you know, things serve you and they have different, like, definitely that school was for me for certain reasons. And for some reasons it wasn't, but I feel like the main takeaway for both of us is like everything does serve a purpose. And in addition to that, I do want to talk about, um, I think a lot of people, when they hear you have companies at such a young age, they're like, okay, well, is mom and dad helping you out? And I want you to explain and express like how that really isn't the case with you and maybe how you attracted some of your investors in the company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so when I was 15, I believe, um, I, (laughs) every, every Christmas, my family's religious. So every Christmas we uh, purchase each other Christmas gifts. And I remember looking at my bank account with, I believe it was $112 and 48 cents or something right before Christmas. And I was like, okay, doing the math four family members, you know, I've got whatever, you know, 20, 28 bucks a person. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to be gifted the same amount of money after Christmas, you know, a hundred, 200 bucks. And I, you know, I hate this 
continuous cycle, right? And I, I really want to be self-dependent. And, and that's how I started the first business with that $112 and bought my first club for, you know, I believe 110. Um, and from there, um, you know, I, I didn't take on any investors and in convenient clubs or uh, hidden gems on the sports Jersey side, but for, for Iliac, uh, to purchase the business, it was substantially, uh, more in capital necessary to purchase the assets of the company as well as, uh, have some working capital, uh, you know, starting out fresh and, uh, 21, uh, in January of 21. And so I took on uh, five separate investors, um, of which all own between uh, 10 and 12 percent. Um, and my dad was the last investor in, which was really neat at at 10 percent. And that left me with a controlling interest that I purchased in the company. But it was it was very cool. Um, there was one other investor who wanted the final 10 percent. And my I sat down with my dad and talked to him and. And he told me that he believed in the company and what it stood for and that he believed in what I could do and, you know, the lessons I'd learned over the previous years with other companies and thought I could implement them well and, you know, see it to be a successful business. And so it's been great for our relationship. And, you know, I, I look up to him and what he's accomplished in business, but it has also been cool that he's given my space. And, you know, as a minority shareholder, he, you know, was absolutely involved in purchasing that, you know, his 10% of the shares and continues to, uh, you know, be one of the core people that I go to or, you know, whenever we have, um, mm -hmm. but it, uh, it's been a neat, it's been a neat journey for sure. And, uh, you know, having their support, but also, you know, them kind of stepping to the side and allowing me to, you know, try and accomplish what I want to. And, and yeah. Yeah, I think that's very important to have that fine line between you and your father of, you know, there's advice, there's structure, and but at the end of the day, he really doesn't have the final word at all, right? So, like, you could take the advice, you could leave it, um, but he still does have his hands wet, and I think that's awesome when you can have that family-type business relationship um, that is just the right amount of involvement. Absolutely, absolutely. So, it's 2023. Iliac's been moving under your control for what, just about a year now? Exactly. Exactly. So you just are getting into a factory space. There's lots of exciting things coming, but what's something you're really looking forward to going into 23? So I, I would say that when we purchased the company a year ago, there was no centralized production. Um, customers were waiting three to six months for orders, if not longer. And people had always known the company for excellent product quality, but lack of customer service and fulfillment times. And that was, that's really been my core focus over the last 12 months. And I would say that we're in an excellent spot to serve customers this year and really focus on growth. Um, you know, last year we, we were able to revenue of the business with, which was great. And, uh, you know, that was very exciting to, you know, as essentially, you know, we came in and said, we're going to, you know, make great products and treat people great. And, you know, if we if we do that, we can, you know, hang our hat on that, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I I'm most excited right now about moving into this factory space. And I I have a, a separate company that purchased um it's called 72 and sunny and it's a real estate holding company, but, um, 
I was able to go ahead and acquire this property and uh, Iliac will be utilizing that space to have in-house production. And that's really going to allow our designer to design whatever he wants every day of the week and us release products extremely quickly. And since we are made to order, uh, you know, essentially we're going to continue to make one of each item and get great photography of that item and, you know, use it in photo shoots. And, um, you know, if it's receptive or if people are receptive to that item, then excellent. And, you know, if not, we move in, we move on to the next thing and continue to find ways to better serve our customers. And so I think in-house production, it will help margin, it will help margins. It will help us you know, centralize production, be more organized, but I'm really excited on the design side of it to really see what we can do with that, you know, at our fingertips. Yeah, for sure. And congratulations on graduating last month. And that hopefully freed up your hands a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sleeping a few hours extra for sure. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Quentin would call me and I'm on Eastern time and he's on Pacific and I'd get calls at like 6 a.m. And I'm doing the math. I'm like, you're calling me at 3 a.m. Are you psycho? And you would sound like you're calling me at about 3 a.m. too. Like you didn't sound right. super energized. So I'm hoping <laughs> this graduation um, helped you a little bit. And now that Absolutely. the company's um, been on their feet for a little longer and you have a little bit more experience that um, you'll be in for a hell of a year. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, we'll talk soon. And thanks for sharing your story. And where can people learn more about Iliac? Yeah, so our, our website right now is iliacgolf.com. So I-L-I-A-C-G-O-L-F. Um, and, you know, there you can read more on the story and, and also catch new product releases. Uh, as I said, we'll be coming out with some really neat stuff the next few months. So uh, hope you'll check it out. Thank you so much, Quentin, for sitting down and chatting with us on the Why You Suck at Golf podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, give it a rating and make sure to follow Quentin Hill and check out Iliac Golf. My name is Avery Dovsek. You can follow me at A-V-E-R-E-E underscore D-O-V-S-E-K on all social media platforms. And we'll see you on the next podcast.